Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. For centuries, they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to D.C. and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE. This is a dirty game, bro. And what I've always said is all is fair in love, war, and challenges. 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 Love War Challenges. I am MTV Malik, and I'm joined by Vero, Becky, and MTV Bananas. How you guys doing? What's up? How are you? I'm doing just fine. Another great episode by MTV The Challenge, War of the Wars. What you guys think about that last episode that just came out? Well, first off, we have to change the name because there is no challenge without Johnny Bananas. So what do we call it? MTV show at Wednesday nights from 9 to 10 Eastern. <laughs> just don't even give it a name. Just fucking some default. No, shit. we'll just call it the episode they name it and that's it. All right, guys, let's jump into this week's episode's headlines. All right, so after everybody leaves okay. the killing floor, Kevin tells Jenna to tell Zach that Kyle was rooting against him the whole time during the elimination. Kyle considers the source of information as being Kara, and Zach doesn't take it too hard. So let me ask you guys a question. Fair or foul? Was it okay for Kara to sabotage Kyle's game at this point of the game? Fair. 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 All right. Look at it, look at it this way, though. Because, look, Kara, it's not really Kara attacking Kyle. It's more Kara looking out for Zach. Because Kyle, in Zach's opinion, Kyle and him are, like, best friends. You know, they have each other's back. So Kara is basically looking out for Zach, saying, "Yeah, you think he's in your alliance, but actually he was helping out Bananas, just like what happened the week before with whole Zach thing when he was switching alliances." So Kara has every every right to tell Zach what's going on. It just so happens it was Kyle. I'm sure if it was anyone else, Kara would have told Zach 
that someone else is being shady towards him too. But isn't Zach on the opposite side now because he betrayed Bananas? No, because Zach is still on the vet side because I, from what I know of, Wes and Kara aren't really enemies. They they're have like a mutual, like the vet agreement. So I feel like all the vets are sticking together besides Johnny and Wes. So I feel like that's what it really came down to. Yeah, absolutely right. Kara and Wes do have a soda in common. Vera, what do you think? I think it was completely fair. You know, um, she thinks Zach is on her side. So she's going to do the best interest for her personal game. And so he might look out more for Kara than she he would for Kyle. Becky, do you want to take a swing? I think it's fair. I think that Kyle has gone out of his way to make her look crazy. Let me say this. Kara doesn't need any help from anybody to look crazy. She can handle that all by herself. <laughs> no, she does that really well by herself. But in the end, I think Kyle is trying to sabotage her because of her connection to Polly. Turnabout is fair play. And with the way he tried to screw her over last season, it's 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 all it's all coming to a full circle. And I think it's very fair. Okay, so let's move it on to the actual daily challenge. This one's gonna be called Fallout, where one person is going to have to swing this big rod and the next person is going to have to jump off of it and tag a bell. Of course, these are one of the challenges on the crane, so that that always indicates that it's going to be a heights one. Not a lot of people actually completed this one. Let's talk about the people who flopped first. The first people to flop was Davon and Bear. Davon takes all the time in the world and then she dangles and falls. So Davon, once again, flops hard. Nobody's surprised. You know, she just took the longest to flop. After her, Leroy and Shailene, she flops immediately. Amanda and Josh, Amanda flops immediately. Ash and Cam, Cam flops immediately. Then Natalie and JP, and she flops immediately. So not a lot of people was winning this challenge. The only people who was able to complete it was Paula and Ninja, Zach and Zahida, and Zahida fucking killed it. Carver and Theo, even though Theo took forever. Turbo and Nani, Hunter and Georgia. So one of the moments that really caught me off guard is... um when Kyle and Maddie went up there and they had Maddie uh, working the rod and Kyle jumped, of course, Kyle flopped hard because that's what he does. Kari doesn't waste any time to take a big shit on Kyle, but Kyle ends up crying. And we get to see that he does want to compete. And actually seeing Kyle cry, it didn't bring me any joy. What do you guys make of Kyle the competitor? It brings me joy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed him crying like a baby because you know what? He deserves it. He's been a shit. He's cocky. He thinks he runs the game. So in the end, him flopping as hard as he did brought me nothing but joy. Maybe it'll pop his damn ego. I don't know. Him crying. Like, so the thing is, though, with Kyle, with me, I don't like his personality, but I like his competitiveness. So seeing him cry, I felt bad, but I did it at the same time. I just felt like he realized he fucked up and he's going in. I think you're 100% right. Um, I'm not a big Kyle fan, even though, even though I do believe he does make great TV. I often refer to Kyle as King Fuckboy on Twitter, if you, ever, if you guys <laughs> ever seen that shit. Even me being a big Carver fan as I am, it didn't bring me any joy to see him cry because it's like he went out there, he gave it his best, and he failed, and it got to him. And all reality, it got to me just a little bit. 
So did we all just misjudge Kyle? Maybe Kyle really did come there to compete? No. I think he was crying because he just knew he wasn't going to be in the position of power. I don't think it really had to do with the competition itself. No, I think That's he knew he was going home. I, I'm not going home. I think he knew he was getting sent in, or at least getting voted on. I think that's why. And if you realize, like, everyone that world, like, that was, like, his size made it. So I felt like he kind of, like, felt like shit, too. He's like, wow, like, people, like, that are my size made it, and here I am where I can't even do it myself. So I guess, like, he kind of, like, lost confidence in himself, and that's why I was also crying, too. Because I, I do feel like he's there to compete. Like, yeah, he has a lot of drama that, that comes with it but I feel like I feel like majority of the cast is there to compete besides the one that public besides the select few that you can obviously see that are there just for the bullshit storylines so out of the few people who did actually complete this daily challenge the winners ended up being Paulie and Ninja Hunter and Georgia Nani and Turbo and then TJ goes ahead and reveals to us that it's actually going to be a double elimination so let's move on to the deliberation. Hunter decides to go after Josh and Amanda because Josh could have saved them in the first episode and didn't. And he admits that he's going for revenge. And it's definitely it's definitely a choice that I could agree with because I think Josh is just um just absolutely just absolute worse. Uh Paulie, you know, he's gonna stick to the script and go for Kyle. But Nani is Nani is definitely trying to shake the game up. She's she decides to go after CT. I guess to her, CT has been riding the wave to too many finals, and I think that she may think that CT is overrated at this point. He's not in the best shape that he ever was. He's a little bit older, a little bit slower. Let me ask you guys a question: What do you make of Nani's move to vote in CT? I like it, but I don't like it. I feel like I like it because it shows how after taking all of these seasons off. Nani is ready to start up again and ready to get back into this game, calling out the, one of the biggest things that are left. I don't like it because I like having, I, I like seeing like the vet alliance because like I would hate for like this season. Well, this season like it's basically the challenges and people from the challenge and everywhere else. Like I don't like seeing like stuff like that where especially not NCT where they have a good a long history like that. Like I would would have probably liked to see Nani throw in someone else who maybe she had doesn't have a connection with as a burn vote as she said C T was. But uh, I give her the credit over calling out a big name. Vera, what do you got? Um I agree. Like I think it is big like and cool that she came back and she wanted to do something that's gonna shake the house up. Um, but at the same time, I kind of agree with her decision because, you know, CT, he says he doesn't make deals. And so at this point, you know, she doesn't know if she's disposable to him and vice versa. So, I mean, why not take a chance? All right. Becky, what do you make of Nani's move? I think it's smart in one way that she is really putting up and she's showing people that she's not scared to put up a strong team even though i don't think julia is as strong but to have ct around people are going to be afraid to go against him so she's really showing that she doesn't care she's going to put up strong people uh maybe put fear in people to want to make deals with her especially since she has turbo but it's dumb in another way because ct doesn't forget and he's coming back and 
if Nani comes back, she's screwed. Because you, you shoot at him once, he's going to come back swinging. Absolutely. One of the cardinal rules of the challenge is you don't say CT's name. So let's go ahead and take this to the interrogation. Now, this interrogation is definitely one of the most popping interrogations we've seen since the season has started. Uh, let's start off with CT. CT and Julia goes in there, and, and he just keeps it 100, 100% of the time. He just says he doesn't make deals, and pretty much it is what it is. So then we get to move on to Maddie and Kyle when they stand in front of the interrogation. And Ninja Natalie asks one of the best questions that uh, I definitely seen out of the interrogation. She asked Maddie, how does it feel for the prospects to know the game is being played by the vets taking out the grudges? Maddie doubles down and she stands by her partner, Kyle. But I think that's a very good question. This game is very much ran by the vets. The whole entire course of this game is based on these vets' previous grudges. Do you guys feel like the prospects are getting the short end of the stick because they have to sit and ride shotgun while the vets take control of this game and dictate his course? Not yet. Because it's early in the game. The, most of the rookies don't really know how this game is played. Most of them don't really have true alliance members. They don't really have a history with the cast members that are, that are on the season. So it's tough to have like a rookie just call out someone random when you don't know who they are aligned with or who they are with. But that's going to change as the season goes by because you're going to see new alliance forming, new enemies forming. And that's when the rookies will take more of a stand on it because they will actually experience the game for itself. We're only in, what, the third elimination right now? So they're still new to the game. I would say give it two more weeks, I would say. And maybe maybe even next week, where you see a lot of rookies start taking over. Well, and if you look at Josh and Amanda, I feel like Josh is taking more of a lead now than Amanda is too. That's true. I agree with that. Becky, what do you think? I think that's true um, in a lot of ways, where the vets are starting to lose a lot of their strong alliances. I mean, with you know these players coming in, they're they're losing friends. And all these rookies, a lot of them have strong alliances and strong bonds together. The big brother people, the, the UK people especially, are still holding strong right now. I guess we'll see how long that is once it starts getting down in numbers. And I think that we're going to start seeing these rookies, uh, the prospects, more to the point, stepping up to the plate and starting to be more vocal. But in the end, they still are going to, they know how to be a team with their partners. And I think in the end, they're going to stick together strong, but they're definitely going to make their opinions known. So definitely in one of the most heated interrogations, Paulie and Kyle decides that today is a good day to definitely get into it. Paulie claims that the beef between him and Kyle and the reason why he voted in, voted Kyle in had nothing to do with Kara. And Kyle goes ahead and claims that it does. And he makes, and Kyle has been making a lot of, uh, He's been making a lot of questionable-ass quotes. So some of the things that stuck out in the exchange was, uh, I can't unfuck her, which is just... <laughs> I want to hate it because it's fucked uh. up, but it does make for great TV. And he said, I had her and fucked her off. And this only infuriates Paulie even more. Paulie shoots back at Kyle saying the only thing intimidated about him is Maddie. And Kyle decides to challenge Paulie to come down and say it to his face, and Paulie definitely obliges. After they get separated, 
into a big screaming match. Let me ask you guys, who do you think won that exchange? It was stupid. Neither one. <laughs> <laughs> they both lose? Well, yeah. No. It's, it's just, to no. me, I'm trying to figure out, like, why why is this always brought up? Like, is it Kara or is it not? Like, just come clean, both of you. Well, Paulie obviously won because look who's standing tall at the end of the day. Look who went back on top of his po- on the podium and said, you know what? You're in elimination. So Paulie obviously won. Facts. I mean, honestly, he called him out and he said, oh, come down here. And Paulie's like, okay, let's roll. I think Kyle really thought that Paulie was going to punk out and he wasn't going to do anything. But Paulie is all for action. I definitely agree with you. I think Paulie is definitely about that shit. I feel like it was a win-win for Paulie. Because if Paulie goes down there, he, he shuts Kyle up. If Paulie goes down there and Kyle punches him, Kyle goes home, and there goes Paulie's enemy. Once Amanda is in the interrogation, she claims that she sacrificed $1 million last season for Hunter. Hunter comes back at her and says that he's better than both of them. Josh decides to call him fake like Josh has any right to call anybody fake. Like, Josh is the worst Big Brother winner in all of Big Brother history, and that's saying a lot. So Josh bucks up, and Hunter pretty much shuts him down. And when they're departing, Amanda decides to boast that she's glad that Amanda took a million dollars because now she's friends with a millionaire. Let me ask you guys, who won that exchange? Hunter. Hunter. <laughs> Obviously. Well, Amanda's a fan. What I also don't get, though, was why is Hunter still friends with her? He said during while he was down there that, yeah, Amanda's still my friend, but she's not your friend. Like, I don't get, like, what he doesn't understand. Well, he also hugged Ashley after she elimination said he still had love for her. He's, like, the weirdest person ever. Like, I hate you, but I love you at the same time. It's it's crazy to me. But I think, honestly, in that Hunter won that because Amanda, once again, sounds like a spoiled child. Just because you're friends with a millionaire doesn't make you a millionaire. They ain't going to share their money with you. I don't know what you're thinking. All right. So that was definitely one of the most lively interrogations we had this season. And this season has no shortage of lively interrogations. So after those are done, the house decides to start getting ready for a costume party. And Carver is perched outside of the door, eavesdropping on a conversation between Zach and Kyle. Now, Zach claims Carver is only acting vindictive to Kyle because she's still in love with him. And that Paulie's ex was the nicest sweet girl. And now that he's with Captain Jack Sparrow. That comment offended Carver, who now feels hurt and betrayed that she was trashed to by a friend to one of her exes. Carver runs to Paulie, and then she begins to boast about how happy she is and how good he is to her, and she admits that she's in love. CT and Natalie witness this, and they're very excited, which is cool for them. I think it was actually a touching moment, besides Zach being trash. But let me ask you guys a question. With Zach past issues of betrayal, and saying hurtful things to and about women, is it time to officially cancel Zach? Zach's been canceled. <laughs> he has, but he still has, he still has a following that thinks the world of him. Like even what happened last week. I mean, I wouldn't say he's canceled. I mean, like I don't like his personality at all. Like what he's done in the past, he's still a piece of shit. But his 
his competition ability is still pretty high, and I, I like him for that. That's pretty much it. The only thing that he's done in a good way is sacrifice himself for, for Tony. Tony Bananas. That's the only thing that he did. He didn't do it for Bananas. He did it for Tony. But oh, yeah, thing, clearly. I mean, let's be honest there. But let's look at it in the long run. He is cocky. He's misogynistic. In my opinion, he's a homophobe. But the whole situation is crazy to me that anyone would think that he's anything but trash. The only thing I kind of sided with him on is when they were arguing about whether or not he should have put himself in for Bananas and Tony. Because people were too busy and too ready to jump on, oh, well, he's stupid because Amanda was trying to be blah, blah, blah. It's aggravating to me that, once again, guys are able to treat women like this, and it's like, oh, it's just locker room talk. Oh, it's just because he's a guy and he can be a dick. But let a girl do that, and she would be torn apart. It's annoying. Absolutely. I think you're correct. Because when a girl does that, her name is Amanda. Vera, do you got <laughs> Vera? Do you want to take a swing at this? Yeah, I just I want to know like why Zach talks that kind of shit when his girlfriend is present. Because you know, if my boyfriend was talking like that about other females, I would tell him like, hey, you know, that's not cool. Like, I don't really know if Jenna is okay with his behavior, like why he talks the way he does. She's not trying to get broken up with. She's gonna yeah, let but- him do what he wants. <laughs> I mean, but she should check him because you know she has said like, oh, you know, I tricked him to get back with me, I tricked him to marry me, blah blah. You know, she has so much control. Like, tell him to shut the fuck up. So you guys both believe that Jenna's a doormat? When it comes to him, yes. Yeah, you know, I think that she should tell him. Like, she doesn't have to control him either. She could just say like, hey, that's not cool, and they could fight about it, or he could be like, oh, you know what, you're right, but. Shit, like, you know, he sits there and he drags Kara or whatever. And, yeah, maybe he said some extra stuff because Kyle is his friend. But I do question why does Jenna not step in and allow that? Absolutely. I believe his uh, his loyalty and reputation has definitely been on the line, most likely more and more with every passing season. But moving on to the costume party, um, <clears throat> moving on to the costume party, we see a scene where Kyle threatens Georgia. Um, he pretty much goes up to her and says that if she doesn't keep him safe, he will come for her next season. Paulie, who has never seen a fight he didn't like, comes to her aid. I think the fight was overhyped because Mr. Redemption House and King Fuckboy does nothing more than rub their noses together like Eskimos. Kinda... <laughs> <laughs> okay, that wish... time was too close, too. I thought they were going to kiss. I'm like, just do it already. <laughs> right? Take out already! It, it, that was not aggressive. That looked passionate to me. <laughs> Absolutely. I kind of wish you guys would just fuck already. <laughs> Get it over with. Facts. But the headline to this is that Kyle makes some pretty disgusting remark. Uh, the main two that stand out to me is he tells Paulie, uh, shut up, bitch. Your girlfriend is still in love with me. And then while looking at Kara, he says, shut up, you fucking slut. Now, I definitely condemn uh, this kind of language being used towards women. And in the presence of women, and it's just inappropriate um, in all forms and any way you look at it. What is your guys' take on Kyle's actions during this altercation? Yeah, Kyle should never said it. He definitely crossed the line by saying it. Like, no, if someone does agree with what he's saying, then something's obviously wrong with them. No one should be calling saying that to a girl, let alone anyone. I definitely agree with you, Vera. I just think that when two guys go at it, you know, there's no 
there's no reason for Kara to be brought up in in that at all, you know. Um, I mean, what good did he get out of it? Just getting under Polly's skin. Like, they're not really resolving the beef. I think he just said it just to say it. Ran out of shit to say. I think he's trying to get under people's skin. Well, I think he was... He's trying to hurt Kara because Kara is trying to hurt him in his game. More to the point, he's not necessarily trying to out to hurt his feelings, more just to hurt his game. And I think he's going for low blows. And it's ridiculous. So let me ask you, do you think he's saying that just to get under Kara's skin as a game move? Or this is something he really feels? I think in the moment he does believe it because he's angry and he's lashing out. And it's the best way to lash out at a girl is to insult her that way and to make her feel less than. So I think that he, at the moment, he feels like it's how he feels. But in the long run, I can see him not really thinking about it, but it being a game move to get in her head. But I think in that moment, in that very second, he very much meant it. I definitely agree with you. I don't think Kyle is smart enough to run a game move like that. Uh, I think it was a game move. Explain. What, what, like what I said before, he said that trying to get a reaction out of Polly and possibly Kara himself, herself. So let's say when Kyle says that, if Polly or Kara throw a punch or and they connect with it, they're both gone. So Kyle's thinking like, yeah, he probably knew what he said was messed up and shit. And I feel like, and I'll touch up on it more later on when we get to the actual elimination itself. I feel, I feel like he just, if they go home for doing something stupid, he wins. That's why I feel like it was more of a game move, but it was still fucked up as that. Yes, he's definitely a fucked up individual with how he's portrayed <laughs> on the show. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facts, B. All right, so let's go ahead and move it to the killing floor. Once we get there and we get to the votes, of course, it starts off with everybody sticking to their party lines. Hunter and Georgia goes with Josh and Amanda. Or Satan. Uh, Paula and Ninja Natalie goes with Kyle and Matt, Maddie. And things get switched up when we go ahead and get to Nani and Turbo. So Nani votes CT, who sh- who's, um, she was going after in the first place. So when we get to Turbo, things are definitely switched up. He gives a very long speech that's pretty incoherent because his English isn't the best. And even TJ is confused. It's really quite a wonderful moment to watch. But he decides he doesn't want to take the chance and sees what a stalemate brings, and he votes in Kyle. Now, remember, this is a double elimination. So when Kyle gets up there, he has to choose his opponent. And he pussies out and doesn't vote in Kara, the main person who's been gunning for him this whole entire game. But he does bring in a good point. He says that on Vendettas, Kara picked him to go to the finals. Picked him! Him! Over Leroy. <laughs> Over Leroy. Which, and I love Carver, but I've never forgiven her for that. And he then he then admits that he still cares about her. And that if it's one thing that he can do for her, even in spite of the fact that, that she hates him, is that he can save her from this elimination. Which didn't stop him from last year of putting um, grenades and shit on him. But whatever. That's just how it goes. And so he decides that he's going to vote Natalie and JP. Now, when he votes Natalie and JP, Natalie's offended. Offended that she was called out. She thinks that she was called out because Kyle thinks that his team can beat hers, which isn't the most inaccurate thing in the whole entire world. Do you guys think 
that Kyle was fucked up for going after for going after Natalie and JP. No, not well, at all. First, I I think Kyle when he was talking to Carr, I think he actually I think it wasn't really the vendetta's reason. I just think it was more of I'm sorry for saying what I said previously. Mm. I think it was more of that because think about it. if Kyle says that and he throws Carr in, he's already a douche. Now he's even more of a bigger douche. At least if he uh, doesn't throw her in, at least he kind of saves face a little bit. But then if you think about it, him throwing in Natalie, it's it's although it is picking a weaker competitor, it's also th- picking someone in their alliance because Natalie is good friends with Kara and Paulie. So you have to look at it that way too. I think that he did it because he wanted to take a swing at their alliance. I don't think it had anything to do with her size or whatever else she's trying to claim. I think it was strictly just because, you know, he couldn't go after Polly. He chose not to go after Kara, so he went after the next best thing. Absolutely. Becky, what do you think? I mean, basically, I think him going after Natalie is because of her track record. She's not the best competitor overall when it comes to elimination. Hold on a second. She did beat him in the last elimination they were in. Yes, but she panics. It took a lot for Polly to get her to the point where she could get through that elimination. And I think that she's she was already kind of down because of what happened during the daily that she did so poorly. So I think she's feeling down on herself already. And I think he was preying on it. So once they come down to the killing floor, TJ reveals that for the double elimination, that they are going to get to pick their own opponents. While Natalie is down there with JP, for some reason or another, JP decides to pick out CT. And CT is instantly irate because I think he's seen it coming. JP's mindset is that, oh, I only want to go against the best. He's a legend. And, you know, I definitely want to uh, be able to take a swing at him, which I get and I do understand. But, God, I mean, for the love of me, I can't imagine any world where I would want to pick CT at this point of the game. What are your guys' opinion? Do, do you think JP made a good move or a bonehead move? It was a stupid move. It was too early. Too early. If you want to throw CT in against yourself, to wait later in the game, just so you can build more reliance around yourself and and won't hurt as much. But then yet again, him calling out CT, it does put a name on him now and saying, oh, remember the guy that called CT out? And he's the reason why CT went home on World of Worlds? That's how he gets his name around. So it was, it's a win-win situation for him, I guess, but unfortunately he lost, so. I think he wanted to make a name for himself. I just think he really thought that if he won that, he would go down in history, which he exactly. would have, but that wasn't going to happen. And you can even tell by the way he focused entirely his attention on CT that he wasn't out to beat Kyle. He was out to beat CT. So the elimination is one that's going to be called ring toss. And it's definitely going to be a triple threat. Each competitor is going to hold on to a ring connected to one to another competitor. And they're just going to try to wrestle the rings away from each other. Very physical, uh, very tough. So it begins off with the girls. And now you got Natalie, Julia, and Maddie. 
all playing this tough physical game. And these girls were, for the most part, pretty outmatched. Now, of course, Natalie always competes with a bunch of heart, but Maddie finds it very easy to overpower them both. Um, you know, all of the girls are fighting hard. They're definitely getting down and dirty, but Maddie is able to come out with the win. Unfortunately, it wasn't much of a competition, and this seems like it was a um, this seems like it was an elimination built for Maddie to easily win. Now, moving on to the guys. It was definitely it was definitely a lot longer and a lot tougher. Uh, JP immediately goes after CT. Kyle, who actually shows a little bit of intelligence, um, decides to focus on JP before focusing on CT. And Kyle is able to wrestle to, wrestle away his ring from JP. And pretty much at this point, we got CT doing a two on one. He's fighting off JP with one arm, fighting off Kyle with the other. Kyle becomes a pretty intelligent wrestler and he's able to get it done and comes out with the win, which I absolutely, absolutely hated because I would not have minded seeing him going home. So after such a great elimination, what do you guys think of how it played out? I liked it. I mean, the way it played out, it could have been a lot more funnier. I mean, we could have had that team of Kyle and Natalie when Kyle just thrown Natalie in or... Natalie and CT, or a mix, like a mixing of that. But then we also, if you think about it, what if Kyle threw in Kara to begin with and Kara beat Maddie? We could have had a Kyle and Kara team, and that would have been great TV. Oh, but wow. yeah, the outcomes are endless and they're all great. But I feel like having Kyle and Maddie stay as a team, I feel like that was the best situation for both um, rounds. And honestly, I'm not. I was shocked that first for Kyle winning, and then I rewatched it numerous times. You know what? Kyle kind of had a great strategy. I mean, he took it out of JP Santa, and then he, he was focused on CT, and CT had it. CT had it tough. He had to go against two people, and Kyle took it to his advantage. Definitely agree. I definitely agree. Vera, what do you think? Um, I like this elimination a lot, actually, just because. You know, if somebody let go of the ring, they were still a component on who won, whether we noticed it or not. Um, I saw a lot of controversy on Twitter about how, you know, JP lost the ring first and he shouldn't have been able to be, like, included into that elimination, like, after he let go of the ring. But I actually thought that, you know, he kind of helped Kyle because he still was pulling it from CT. So I thought it was great. Um, It's good TV, too, of course. I also heard if Kyle... um. If, sorry, I also heard if after Kyle took JP's ring, if JP took it from CT and CT took it from Kyle, then they had to restart. So I guess that's why JP was trying hard because if he takes CT's ring, then it's automatic restart. Because mm. they all have one ring. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. All right, so once again, MTV is a challenge continues to bring us great TV night in and night out. Uh, it's definitely has been great to watch so far. Definitely one of the best seasons of recent memory. Uh, definitely better than our whole fucking trilogy they just put on. Who do you guys have as your episode MVP? Vera, let's start with you. For girls, I'm going to have to go with Maddie. Uh, I thought she did pretty good this episode. And I actually, can, I actually enjoy that she doesn't get herself inserted um, into the fight. And for guys, hmm, I think I'm going to have to go with Kyle this episode. Um, he's typically not my favorite, but for this episode specifically, he had a lot of drama, 
I thought he used pretty good strategy in the elimination. So I, I respect that too. Not what he says, but you know, he, he had his good showing and airtime for this episode. Absolutely. Kyle is nobody's favorite. Becky, who do you got? Ah, for the ladies, I am also going to go with Maddie. She is a beast. She wasn't scared. I love that she she has a gung-ho, positive view of everything. She really thinks we're going to kill it. We're going to do well. When Kyle was upset, she comforted him. And I think she is showing to be such a sweetheart. I'm really excited to see more of her this season. And I hear that later on we're going to hear her in drama. So I'm excited to see how crazy she can get. And my male MVP, this is a little bit harder. I think I'm going to go with Turbo with his just smooth assassin ways. I, I loved him this episode. He had the best commentary. Like she broke her boobs. Like I died <laughs> when he made that comment. I was laughing so hard. I love him, and fifty seasons with him would not be enough. I just I'm I'm in love with Turbo. If he listens to this, marry me. I I will have many babies. I love you. Anyway, it's Turbo. <laughs> Okay, so bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I could not keep that in. <laughs> you don't bananas. like the fact that I say that was like creeper. <laughs> so bananas, who do you have as your episode MVP? So I'm gonna give it a Polly. I feel like Polly, he won the challenge. I honestly think he came in first place on Ninja because I feel like. Besides that being Ninja Strong Suit, I just feel like the way they did it was like one smooth process. Also, I feel like in both fights, Polly got into with Kyle. I think Polly came out as the winner as both. And him seeing Kyle in, in elimination and, and risk him going home, I feel like that's a win in his eyes and that's a win in Polly's eyes to me. Now, for the females, my MVP goes to Shailene for finally getting camera time. No, I'm just joking. Um, <laughs> Uh, for the females, that uh, is what it is. Um, I don't want to ride the ship, Maddie, even though she's probably my number two. I will give it to Ninja again this week because she also killed the challenge itself. She wasn't really in any drama um, exactly, but she also killed the deliberation before too when she put Maddie on the spot. So that was nice to see her stand out and shine. No doubt. I do think you're absolutely insane for putting Natalie as your MVP, but you know, whatever, to each your own. So for my episode MVP, I think it's um I think it's very easy. Uh for the ladies, it's gonna be the easiest. That's gonna have to go with Maddie. Uh she beasted her daily. Uh she stood by her partner in deliberation, and she definitely beasted again in the elimination. She is this episode's MVP. She's shown that she has come to play. She has a great attitude. And everything about her has been great for the challenge. Um, she's definitely one of the rookies that I think we're going to be seeing for a long time. Now, for the males, I got to give it to Pauly. He won the daily. He was able to throw in, throw in his vendetta into elimination. He had a really great moment where after Kyle picked Natalie to go against, he goes to TJ. He goes, TJ, can I just have Kyle by myself? I mean, 
that is some big dick shit. Um, say what you want about Paulie, but he's definitely about the shit. Um, we just got to keep waiting for his performance to catch up to his mouth. But I think it was a very definitely big move. Uh, he held down Kara. A big theory of mine is that this season, Paulie will get some redemption from all of the fuck shit that's happened before this season came out. I think he's well on his way of doing that. So I definitely got to give it to Paulie. I think he did a great job. He is my MVP for this episode. Okay, guys. So after our episode MVP, it's time to break down our fifth major sports.com power rankings provided by Tyler Lauder. Follow him on Twitter at Daily Jorder. All right, guys, let's get into it. At number one, we have Paulie and Ninja. At number two, we have Nani and Turbo jumping up three spots. At number three, the biggest jump by four spots, we have Kyle and Maddie. At number four, Hunter and Georgia. And at number five, we have Cara and Theo dropping by one spot. What do you guys make of the fifthmajorsports.com power rankings, the top five? That's a perfect top five. I, you can't change it, I don't think. I feel like the way it's written is the way it should be. Because Paulie Ninja killed it. Nani and Turbo killed it. Kyle Maddie just both dominated the elimination round, so they deserve to jump four spots. Hunter and Georgia killed it, and Carl and Theo killed it. So I can't say anything wrong about this, about the top five. I agree. I agree This as is well. a good, solid top five. Like, usually we have, like, one or two that don't belong, but I feel like this top five, they all belong there. Like, I can't pick one name and switch it with the bottom, with the bottom list. Like, it's, it's insane. Absolutely. I agree with you guys. Uh, I know a lot of times we always like to uh, argue about the top five and where we would want to put people. But when it comes to this top five, I think it's absolutely perfect and exactly where it should be. Probably wasn't even that hard this week. So after the top five, we have at number six, Zach and Zahida. At number seven, Cameron Ash. At number eight, Wes and D. Number nine, we have Jenna and Gus. At number 10, we have Day and Bear. And at number 11, we have Leroy and Shailene. And number 12, at the very bottom of the power ranking, Flop and Floppier, Amanda and Crybaby Josh. Hey, they should be number one. Well, honestly, like, I take back what I said. Amanda and Josh should be number one. Yeah, number one in hell. Because I'm not biased. So I'm going to say, because my unbiased ass proved all the haters, Amanda and Josh should be number one. All right? There you go. You don't have to be biased or hate Amanda and Josh. I mean, <laughs> you got the most hated and worst Big Brother winner ever, and you got the most hated person in challenge history behind Johnny Bananas, who is also the most loved. So that also speaks to the amount of fans that he have. But, you know, just another great top five. Many thanks to the fifthmajorsport.com. Uh, follow those guys on Twitter at Daily Jordan and at the Fifth Sport. And make sure you visit them on their website, thefifthmajorsport.com. They always have great content, and it's updated all the time. While giving out shout-outs, for any Yankee fans out there, or just baseball fans in general, give my friend a shout-out. He's at Pinstripe Empire on Twitter and PinstripeEmpireNY.com. They also have a podcast. They talk about baseball and Yankee stuff, so if you like it, give it a listen. Absolutely. Those guys definitely put on a great show. So at this point... Let us go ahead and jump into some Twitter questions. So this one comes from Mikey G on Twitter at MikeyTodd42. He wants to know, do you think Ninja and Maddie are just letting their partners control their whole game? Do you think they should have more say in who they throw in and vote for? I think they're both vocal for their team because, you know, they both get their own vote. 
I don't think they really have a say as much as um, Paulie and Kyle do on, the, on who they want to throw into elimination itself. It's going to happen in the next few episodes or so because the rookies aren't arise while the big name vets like Ashley, CT, and Johnny have all been gone. And I'm, I'm just wondering who's next because the rookies are taking control. I don't think that they've developed enough relationships or you know rivalries or any kind of drama just in order to want to throw somebody in so they're going with their partner at this point. Uh, I think as time goes on, they, of course, will have some kind of say because they're going to also agree because, you know, rather than just being agreeing with their partner, they're going to also want that person to go in equally for their own reasons. I think at this point, Ninja, I think they're as invested at this point with getting these people out as their partners because they're seeing these fights go on. I think Georgia is totally on board with going after Amanda and Josh and Ninja seems really excited to constantly be going at Kyle and uh, Maddie. So I honestly think that it's it's not like they're being railroaded. I think they are, they're following their partners because they agree with them, in my mind. The vets are definitely running this place. And in reality, the prospects don't have enough invested in to really make these kind of decisions. So it's in their best interest just to kind of follow their partner and fill out the game and wait for the moment to make the move. So our next question is from Rufio Defender at Bread Challenge. Yo, Bread was good. He asks, thoughts on CT's first elimination in a long time. Do you think his dad bod got to him? I'm going to go ahead and start answering this one. I do think his dad bod got to him. Um, one of the reasons why JP was a little comfortable in going for him is CT is a little bit older. He is a little bit slower, and he's not in his prime. Uh, I still think he's a beast, but he's not undefeatable. He's not the same guy that wore bananas as a backpack so many years ago. So, um, and and I think CT knows this because one of the one of, I do think CT knows this because one of the one of the things that he said in his parting interview was that I've gotten comfortable over the past couple of years. He said next season it won't be like that. So I think next year, I think for the challenge thirty four, we can expect a ripped and reinvigorated CT to go in there and knock some heads around. Vero. I agree with you. I think that, you know, he got a little bit comfortable. He hasn't been working out as much as he should. And I don't want to say the dad bod got to him, but I think just the mentality of his games the last couple of seasons has probably had a big factor in his elimination performance. All right, well, I don't think it's his dad bod. I just think he just... Uh, unlucky because Kyle and broke free from JP, so it was a two-one-one right away. His dad not, didn't really affect him. It was just like he was outnumbered, and you know he was just unlucky overall, and that's why he lost. Not, not, no other reason, but no other reason beside it. I definitely feel you, but I also feel that CT has been has been getting unlucky a lot lately. Okay, so the next question is from Paul, Tori, Jenna. Morgan, Jemmy, Kayla, I don't know, a whole bunch of defenders. <laughs> What's up, Paul? He wants to know, whose side are you guys on? Is it Paulie or Kyle? I'm not sure. You know, sometimes I think I'm team Paulie, and then he does some stupid shit, and then sometimes I think I'm team Kyle, and he says some stupid shit. And so it's like, I just keep going back and forth. But this whole season, just the drama between the two, I think is stupid. I'm on team neither. 
<laughs> team neither. I like that. Becky, what team are you on? As much as Polly has fucked up, I'm team Polly because he. I honestly think he's when he's in the game, he's he's strong, he's fighting, and he doesn't give a fuck, which I really enjoy in a person. And I think he protects the people that he that he cares about. So I am a hundred percent team Polly. Fuck Kyle, and I hope he falls off every single elimination from here on out and fails epically. That's very sweet of you. Thank you for contributing. Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas. Shut up, Malik. <laughs> <laughs> Bananas, whose side are you on? Uh, I'm team Pauly on this one. Um, you know, I'm the last few episodes I might have been shading him, but as of now, me and him talk and we're cool and shit like that, but I think between him and Kyle, like, I just don't see the point of them fighting anymore. Like, I agree with Varel being on team neither. In this case, it has to be team Polly because he's doing what's right at this point, and he's standing up for a car, and that's the... I think that's the main reason why they hate each other. It's because of power. Polly's mad at Kyle for their past. Kyle's probably still jealous that cars with Polly, and Polly's just standing up for his girlfriend at the time. So you, you can't be mad at him for doing it. So all of you guys are going to be Team Polly. None of you guys think that Kyle is in the right at all. Well, Barrow's team neither. Yeah, I'm team neither. Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> she's, she's, all right, so show us how you like Kyle. She's all copping right. out. She's copping out is what she is. All right, let's give, it up. let's give it up for Team Fuck them Both. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly where I am. Okay, guys, our last Twitter question comes from KDM at KDM. This person wants to know, do you think the challenge risks losing its identity when they keep bringing in people from other series and shows? It isn't really the challenge anymore. It's like reality TV battle royale. Huh. Um, I do think it's losing its identity a little bit because, you know, they're known for just bringing people off MTV shows. Now that they're branching out, it does feel like a battle royale between every single reality TV show. But I think they're doing what's best because obviously something wasn't connecting with the real world, Are You The One cast members they kept bringing in. So I think they're... I think it's a trial and error type of thing. They're going to see how it runs in the next few seasons. And then if it doesn't work out, I think they'll bring... They'll probably reopen more MTV shows and we'll probably and we'll probably regroup from there again. Okay. Vero, do you think that the challenge brand is starting to be tarnished by these newcomers? I don't I don't think so. I think that, you know, with the amount of new people that they're bringing, I think it'd be cool to see like the challenge UK or something, you know, completely different. Try to expand the franchise rather than tarnish it. So we'll just have to see. But I like all the new additions, and I think that there's a lot of good things going on. I don't think that they are ruining anything because they're bringing in true competitors. If this was a situation where they were bringing in people that just want to hook up or go crazy, which they still do, but there are still people there who are there for the competition and for the money and are really trying to be both political and athletic at the same time. Yo, that's definitely facts. Um, I definitely feel that 
this is the natural evolution that the challenge had to take. Um, of course, the well of the real world is drying up. Uh, road rules haven't existed for a lot of years. Are You the One only brings in but so many people. And one of the people they have to bring in soon is Bria Hamilton. She is just built for this. I would love to see her on the show. And she's from the Bay Area. Is she? Yes, she is. Ah, the Bay Area is great. That's God, why we love her. Yeah, I love. Big shout out to the Yay Area, 707-415. Definitely got love for you guys out there. But the main thing is, the challenge had to do this. Uh, you know, reality show Battle Royale is excellent for the challenge and the challenge brand. This is where the challenge is supposed to be. I think they're doing a great job. I say bring in, I say bring in even more people. I mean, keep the vets, keep the fan favorites. But in order for us to develop new vets and new fan favorites, this is what Bunham and Murray and MTV has to do. I'm behind it 100%. Because even though a lot of these new people aren't going to be on it next year or two years from now, the few people who will make it, they're going to be great. All right, guys. So before we get out of here, there's definitely been a lot of movement on social media this past week. We don't have time to get into all of it. But one of the things I definitely want to get into was Glittergate. So apparently, before Natalie left out, she left notes around the house to her close friends. And <laughs> one of the things she left was she went into Zach's room and completely covered his bed in glitter. Uh, I, I'm not sure if, if a note was left or not. Yeah, it was a very mean note. Apparently. So apparently she wrote a very fucked up note for Zach and covered his bed in glitter. <gasps> so as the story goes, and I think Kara covered this on her li- on her Instagram live. Yeah, her and Polly did. Which was a pretty <laughs> funny story. Right. Not the glitter! Yes, no. so apparently he goes into the room, the glitter gets everywhere. Uh, he goes to production, uh, he goes to the, to the challenge gods, and complained that the glitter is in his lungs and that he needs to go see medical attention and that he's threatening to leave. What do you guys make of Glittergate? Big deal or no deal? Well, Natalie also got fined over $1,000 for it. What? $1,000 for glitter? Natalie got yep. fined $1,000. Damn. I think it was probably Zach's hospital bill. I don't have to say, but yeah, he got fined for it. She got fined for it. Probably for Honestly, the cleaning it's going to take. It might, it's still <laughs> but you don't have any pranks, though, where... Because that's what it is. It's a prank. Exactly. And speaking of pranks going down south, apparently there's a story that uh, Devon touched on, that Pauline Carver touched on, and Amanda touched on, that during the night that, um, that Zach heartlessly betrayed dear-old innocent bananas, that Amanda kept everybody up all night, screaming and shouting, and then in frustration, um, three male cast members, uh, if I remember correctly, it was Johnny, Kyle, and Theo, they grabbed Amanda, and this has only been touched on ever so lightly, she was tied up against her own will, and she started crying, and it ended up really bad, but apparently it wasn't shown. Carver on her Instagram live kind of downplayed it, but Paulie let it be known that it was disgusting and disturbing. What do you guys make of this? What do you guys make of this of this altercation 
where Amanda got tied up against her will and that it wasn't shown on the show. And I'm going to just speak it how it is. Like, yeah, what he did was fucked up. Do I like what he did? No. But now I'm also looking at it as a game aspect. Amanda was annoying him, correct? So Correct. And she was keeping the whole house for six hours. And we also had this last season with another cast member that was keeping certain people up. So I guess the time her, her up was wrong. But I mean, when, like, I just don't get it. What's with like, these low level cast members keeping up the whole, <laughs> keeping up the whole house at night? Like, is that your strategy? Like trying to keep everyone up so they're tired out and you can hopefully win the next challenge? Like, Right, but we're still talking about three men tying up a female against her will. Yeah, I said they were wrong. The situation, it wasn't just like they tied up her body. They were taping her face. And Devon's recap, they were tying up her body and they were also tying up, they were putting tape um, all the way around her face and her back of her head over her mouth to keep her quiet. Now... She was apparently crying and screaming for them to stop, and they didn't stop. Once it finally ended, uh, I guess Kyle apologized because I guess he claims that he thought it was just a joke and that you know she was just kidding and that she really wasn't that upset about it. But then when he realized that she was really that upset, he apologized. Theo also apologized, helped her. Because basically, they taped her hair. Like, she was apparently yanking out chunks of her hair because she was trying to get the tape out of it. Um, and, it and if anybody knows duct tape or any kind of tape, you're not getting that out easily. Bananas was the only one that did not approach her at that time to apologize from what I was informed of. It's not like it matters because they're not taking it out on them. This is entirely being focused on the fact that Kara was not quote unquote sympathetic to her. They don't even care. I haven't heard a single peep of like Amanda or Devon going after Johnny or going after Theo or going after Kyle over what happened. So that's the the messed up part to me is that they're so focused on taking Kara down because she said, oh, I don't remember that. And they apparently think that she was flippant about it and that she didn't care. So basically at this point, with the history that Kara has with Amanda, I mean, how can anybody expect her to have any sympathy at all? I agree with that 100%. I think that, you know, just my personal attitude, if somebody and I have issues, I don't wish bad upon them, but when it happens to them, I don't feel bad for them. You know, so I feel like, her, she really doesn't have to feel sympathetic for her, you know? It's not her role. And as far as Johnny not apologizing, I mean, do they want him to give some, like, apology where he doesn't really mean it? I mean, I don't understand what people want nowadays. But also, if the, if you look into last season, too, Johnny's not the one to apologize with cameras there because, you know, that's not who he is. He he wants it more personalized. He doesn't want it to act like... He doesn't want people to dig for their storyline based with his apology. So he could have said it to I'm not saying he did. I don't know if he did. I Honestly, if he did, that's great. If he didn't, I mean, it is what it is. He, he probably did it away from cameras. said, Amanda, look, I'm sorry. It, it happened. That's it. What I also don't get is why are P- 
people, especially cast members, are that were there. Because you know, if since Amanda was up keeping everyone up all night, why didn't anyone stop them? So no one is really right, and no one is really able to comment on this when they're there and they're allowing it to happen. Because I get, yeah, pranks are pranks, but if this prank got too got too far in their eyes, how come no one stopped it? Yeah, I guess uh, you guys want to make YouTube. I, I'm not shading Devon. Like I, I, I'm a fan of hers, but if she's making a YouTube video about it, why didn't she say something to them, or why didn't she help Amanda get untangled with the tape and stuff? That's the way I see it. She well, did. Sim- yeah, apparently she's dead, and um, I would love, love to get into Devon versus Kara, but it looks like we're gonna have to save that for another show, guys. It's been definitely great hanging out with you guys all night. Thank you guys for spending some time with us. We always appreciate you. So for those of you that don't know, we ran a poll a few days ago on who you guys want to interview next. We just had my episode, which should be out soon. Now, Malik won. The guy behind the editing, he's up. Ask him all those tough questions. Make them tough. Make this guy fucking think. I I do not want to see one easy question. All right. Thank you for listening. Follow us on Twitter, LWC Podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Love War Challenges. Listen to us. Give us those five stars. Give us those reviews on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play. Good night. Good night. Um, Bye. Good night. I think we. I, I think we were supposed to say it at the same time. Uh, you guys want to do it again? Alright, yeah. Alright, alright. Just go back and just say, alright guys, good night. And then we just jump in like, alright guys, good night. No, no, no. Nah, just, just say good night again. And, and, and then we're, we're gonna redo it. Alright. Good night. No, 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 no. You gotta go back. You gotta go back. You gotta go back. You gotta go back. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. For Mervis Diamond Importers, I'm Ronnie Mervis. Along the edge of the African continent lies an isolated coast where millions of diamonds have been hurled by a volcano into the sea. 
For centuries they've been scattered by the waves. Entry to the area is forbidden. 200 miles of coast are guarded by dogs and electric fences. A constant battle is fought against the fierce Atlantic Ocean to harvest the seabed. Giant earth movers shift the beach sand, searching for diamonds. The diamonds that are recovered are excellent. Mervis imports them to D.C. and for three generations has offered them to you. When you're thinking world-class diamonds, visit Mervis Diamond Importers. You'll be impressed at the amazing beauty of our incredible collection. Mervis Diamond Importers. Mervis means more diamonds, much better quality, and the most value. Mervis is the ringleader for the latest engagement rings and wedding bands. Easy financing is available. For an appointment, go to MervisDiamond.com or call 800-HER-LOVE. That's MervisDiamond.com or 800-HER-LOVE.